But uh, yeah. Hello and welcome to post-match reaction to the Lions versus the Crusaders. And the uh, Crusaders did what they did last year in the uh, Super Rugby final, winning away from home, eight points to 14. And I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Wall, a YouTube channel, podcast, Twitter account, and website bringing the best in rugby opinion and predictions. And joining me this evening, well, early hours of the morning, for me anyway, is Shane. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Paul. How are you? I'm good. And thank you so much for staying up uh, to... Uh, uh, to do this with me. Um, I know it's getting a bit late for you as well. Not quite as late as it is for me, but, uh, but still even so. Um, so the uh, I mean, the start started off with um, mistakes from both sides. We had uh, the, sort of the catch um, taken out straight away by the Lions and it looked like a bit messy as, as both sides sort of failed to settle early on. Yeah, both sides were really scrappy tonight. I, I really thought that they'd played at a really entertaining pace, but when 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 it got down to it, the the mistakes inside the ten meter and twenty two meter lines meant that you had to be a bit more patient, uh, and we didn't see that early on. We saw things being very rushed. We did. That was very true. And early on, we also saw the lines scrum going very well against the Crusaders. That was uh, one of the things that sort of carried on throughout the game, throughout most of the game, uh, at least definitely the first half with the with the, the power up front there. Oh, absolutely. I think the Lions forward pack performed pretty well against the Crusaders, actually. And, and um, I noticed that they were playing a very forward domination, dominating game because I think they had six forwards on the bench out of their eight too. Um, so it suggests they want to play a very quick game at the breakdown as well with their forwards. Yep, and I think the the the, the bench came to play a part for both games, but both teams perhaps not as big a part as I was expecting at one point. But both teams had to reshuffle their back lines and or, or their, their their teams uh, towards the end. Of the lines had a prop on at, uh, at seven, for example, which is sort of six for us because the South Africans play the other way around. But still, having a, a prop as a blindside flanker isn't um, ideal. So there was definitely both sides had to reshuffle a little bit towards the end there. It, it took its toll this game. Yeah, it did, Paul. And, and I think that when when push comes to shove, you can see where the depth comes in from the New Zealand sides, because people can play multiple positions where the where I think the um, the Lions, I noticed that even they didn't have any cover for their um, scrum half tonight. So, so certainly that that's something for them to think about next week when they when they go out and play um, positional changes and and the bench um, in that regard as well. Well, their scrum half managed to make it through the the entire game, so that wasn't too bad for them. At least he didn't get injured. Admittedly, the scrum half does run more than any other player on the pitch, which is why you often see him see them get replaced after about sixty odd minutes because they are tired by that point. But luckily, that didn't didn't affect them this tonight. One of the things so early on, a bit of a trend this weekend actually. Uh, the Crusaders started by trying to kick sticks, but uh, Michael Hunt's radar was off um, for that first kick. Yeah, and. I, I actually thought, um, given the conditions, which really looked excellent, that 
both sides would actually go for go for the tries uh, because it certainly looked like it was a dry dry weather pitch and but as I say points are gold and if you can if you miss it then you might not have that opportunity later on I think that hurt the lines in the end true and I think the Saders uh, well the, the, the Crusaders got caught uh, napping early on as well the Lions wanted to play this game at pace pretty much every single re every single line out that they could they took quickly every other restart they took as quickly as they could and a very quick 22 made caught the Crusaders napping and got them right up into the opposition uh, uh, half so they definitely were playing with pace and trying to tire the Crusaders out I think for that final sort of 15-20 minutes and and to to a point to perhaps the first 60 odd minutes it, it was 50 odd minutes sorry i should say it, it was working and then we saw the crusaders start to play a patient build up inside the 22 and that probably tied the the lions big forwards out because they had a lot more defense to do um and it's certainly the old adage you can play fast for so long before you, you end up um, realising the, the, the better side on the night, which obviously was the Crusaders, will play at their own pace and you've just got to play the game that way. Well, the, the Lions just didn't see the ball in that first half. They, uh, they got um, the try out wide with some really nice... Uh, they were talking... Well, the comments were saying really nice hands, but to me it was pretty simple hands but it was really good timing. So it was a matter of fix the player and pass, which we don't see nowadays. We see quite a lot of players passing early, too early, and not fixing the defender, which was uh, one thing we saw that we saw well here was that they fixed the defender, passed nicely, created the space out wide, and the Lions got, the, got an early try out, uh, on, on the wing. But he missed the kick, which was proved to be kind of crucial come towards the end of the game, though. Yeah, no, I, I thought he would have kicked that actually. And it was it's, it was Tambray that, uh, that that scored it, uh, I think it was, but then also went and messed up the restart again by dropping it, which just put his team straight back under pressure. And and you can't afford to do those things, Paul. And um, time and time again, the lines looked like they were in, in good position midfield, and you'd have a drop ball or. You know they'd be they're pen, penalised um, for not releasing and etc. And you can't afford to make those sort of mistakes against the, the Crusaders. And the, the Crusaders will eventually punish you for for your mistakes. And time again, I thought also that the um, Lions could have taken the three points when they were on offer, keep the scoreboard pressure going. Um, they they did in the end to get the bonus point, but they were lucky to get that. Um, the effort was certainly good, but they could have done a lot better. And they were let off the hook on uh, 20 minutes when Bridge went into score, but the pass to him was was forward. One of two forward passes to him that that Hunt was throwing. He was throwing some big long passes, but they were just not. Uh, they were just not. Yeah, he got his radar wrong on those. Yeah, I saw that, and um, I called forward straight away. Uh, I think I think most people on either side, the Tasman or in South Africa, would have called forward as well. Uh, it, it's the the intent was good, but um, 
throwing those sort of passes too. But it was lucky not to be intercepted in a way, but it was, um, you know, the... From that point of view, he, he, he got it right because it didn't, so it didn't get intercepted. But so many times nowadays, those sort of passes you get away with. But as he was passing it along the five-metre line, you could there was a nice guide, a nice ruled, ruled line on the pitch to show you where the ball went. And yes, that one went forward. So did the other one as well. Bridge just needed to hold his depth a bit more to force Hunt to make it to pass back to him. Uh, and I think things would be okay. So whilst Bridge, uh, sort of, I guess, was one of the top metre carriers uh, in this game, he uh, perhaps overran the ball a little bit and very nearly got himself carded towards the end by uh, with a high tackle. Or, well, sorry, challenging for a ball in the air and um, collecting the player, which in other times would have got um, would would have been a card. But luckily, the player landed on his on his backside, not um, on on his back. But as I say, Bridge finished the game with 118 meters more meters than anybody else. But to me, didn't really impact the game that much. I think I was perhaps flattered to deceive those uh, those stats. Yeah, and I was surprised they put. Um sent um, Goodhue to the bench around about that 60-minute mark. He was playing really well out there just just after he scored a try, actually. Um, yeah, that was one of the things. I mean, we, they lost Crotty at half-time, and then they lost Goodhue around that, about the hour mark, which meant that you'd had Matavese, uh, Mat- Matalele, sorry, had come on for uh, Crotty, and then Delaney came on for Goodhue. So you've lost two centres, and you brought on a wing, and a aging, let's be honest, uh, fly half. So I really thought that the, that the Lions would be able to take advantage of that. But Tamanavalu stepped in, uh, had a big game uh, in the centres, and Delaney managed to keep himself out of the way of having to do, do too much defensive work. Um, I'll just check the stats before I start, before, to prove that. Yes, yes, made zero tackles, missed one. So he managed to keep himself out of the way of having to make too many tackles, and the Lions weren't able to uh, to exploit that, but I was thinking that there, there was a, definitely a, a, a situation where they could have exploited that one. I'm, I'm, I couldn't actually see it, but I guess Kavili stepped in to the uh, to midfield where he can play, and I would have put Delaney at the back. So that was that, that was definitely opportunities there. But as I say, the Lions also having a prop playing flanker had to readjust their side as well. It wasn't uh, it wasn't all one way uh, traffic that side of things. Just one thing, I just want to run through a few of the possession, a few of the stats around at half time. Possession uh, 63% to the Crusaders, territory 71% to the Crusaders, clean breaks, five for the Lions, one for the Crusaders. That defence in the first half by the Lions was pretty impressive. Absolutely. Um, I think that. Um the Lions in midfield particularly stopped a lot of the opportunities Crotty uh, had in particular when he was running the ball. I noticed he made a couple of mistakes out there, as as well as perhaps the the loose passes that that, that defensive pressure was putting on. But the Lions, again, as you mentioned, uh, failed to capitalise on the the virtually scraps they got as well they did it. all those clean breaks to my mind seemed to be in the first sort of 20 minutes and then they were playing the second or the second quarter basically without the ball and when they did get the ball they just kicked it away they did 14 kicks to the crusaders nine 
and it, when you when you have that little ball where you're under that much pressure, not only does it take its toll physically, but it takes its toll mentally because you can't switch off at all. You can't think, okay, the ball's on the other side of the pitch. I can just relax a little bit here. No, as a, as a defender, you've got to be running back, getting in line, uh, creating that defensive line the whole time. And that takes a toll on the players. And I think that's what told towards the end was that was that the whilst the Lions were trying to play at pace to run the Crusaders off the park, because they spent the whole time defending, it it sort of it backfired on them uh, in, in that second half. So Crossy went off, and I've seen a few comments on, on Twitter saying he's got his he's a bit glass now. And there is the same sort of feeling as to as maybe to around we had um oh I've gone blank the best player in the world ever, um Carter. Um, went through a period of being crucial to the Lions, crucial to the All Blacks, but getting injured. Crossy's become crucial to the All Blacks, but he seems to be getting injured now. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, hopefully, we don't see that sort of same trend hand happening to him as, as well. I hope not, Paul. He's a great player, and I thought he was doing well out there before he went off. Um, I hope that he gets his head and injuries right, and um, you know, has a big second half of the season. Um, the player that came on for him, though, Matalele, absolute storming game when he came on. Oh, he was carving up. Um, he put in a in a very good shift and the yards he was making. Um, I think um, from memory, who was the other one? Um, uh, the other winger for the Crusaders as well. Uh, Bridge. Tamale Valu. He was he was on fire as well. They were making meters on those flanks pretty easily, actually, for the for the Crusaders, and nearly got nearly got another try out of it, and just put the foot in touch. Unfortunately, yes, he did. He just put the foot in touch, uh, uh, um, which was which was a which was a, a shame because it was a wonderful try that that had been created. That was on about sixty five minutes, but they scored two tries between that the first one, persistently just working the left side. Uh, lots of pushed uh, taps and goes. I thought once they got the advantage, they'd try something a little bit different and maybe a bit more adventurous. But no, the Crusaders have their way. They're going to stick to it no matter what happens. And they just pounded and pounded away. And eventually Whitelock went over in the corner. Uh, and the other one, uh, Matinelli on for, on for um, Crosby, uh, takes the ball off the line, off the line out, steps, marks, um, bashes up through a couple of tackles, offloads to Goodhue, who you said, got that try uh, next to the post as well. So Matalele had a big impact in this game. Not only did he quite create a good huge try, he very nearly created another one as well. I've got him down for 59 metres from my stats, which puts him on a third in most metres made by the Crusaders. And he was only on for that second half, which shows you how, how big an impact he came on and made. It also shows you actually how much, whilst the Crusaders had the ball, they weren't getting over the game line much. It was just crashing up and... Over, repeat, 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 uh, make an error. The Lions get the ball, they kick it away. And and then we go back to the same thing for the first pretty much hour of the game. Well, that's that's typical Crusaders, Paul, I can assure you from, from watching them over the years. They'll stick to a task and you think that they're under pressure and they will just come back and storm over the top of you with, with just carting it up phase by phase, patience, and and they'll get the job done, and and that's 
that's what you saw in their two tries. They they stay calm and into the game and and all to them. They played very very good rugby um, under a high pressure situation up uh, up there. So and and at altitude too. Absolutely, and the fact that they could keep going altitude was good. Con- uh, in, the, in the live chat goes Jack Goodhue. Um, was good today. He's been good all season, to be honest, and also Absolutely. last season. He's, he's someone I think a lot of us are expected to see in the All Black camp, uh, if not getting actually getting a, a cap this season at some point, especially if Crossy uh, is out for any length of time. Hopefully, both of them are back pretty soon. We then saw a kind of switch, and I guess with Delaney on, with uh, missing both those centres, it's not a surprise, but the Crusaders, I think, decided that it would try and shut up shop about a quarter of an hour before the end and started just saying, right, if, if you're going to score tries against his lines, you're going to have to do it from deep. And just they, they, and they started to kick the ball uh, and, and play territory rather than possession, which is why the possession stats uh, even themselves up in the second half. Uh, and they just started to yeah, make sure that the lines had to go all the way. And if I could say so, Paul, Having Delaney on, who's very, very experienced, very calm, um, cool head. Um, and when he was on, he was making some good kicking metres as well, which sort of helped the Crusaders get out of their 22 and really make sure the Lions played from their own half or deep into the Crusaders' half to to um, work for their points. And, and, and Yeah. And they did work for their points. They, 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 made, they managed to get three more, which got them, themselves, got them the losing bonus points, but they couldn't then go on to score the extra try. There was one other turning point during this, uh, during this half, which we should probably talk about, which was the scrum. Whilst the Lions scrum was on top for a lot of the game, uh, um, Crockett, who came on at halftime, really helped to shore up the Crusaders' scrum. And the Lions decided, had a penalty in front of the posts, they could have kicked it, as you say, or they could have gone to the line-out, but no, they went for the scrum because they'd been dominant there. But two big scrums by the... Oh, watch it, sorry, just one big scrum by the Crusaders there turned, got, got them the penalty on a defensive scrum, got the penalty, and I think that was probably one of the big turning points of the game. It was. It was, and it was only probably about 10 or 12 minutes from full-time, from memory. Um, and... White Crockett, there's not much you can say other than the, he's a brilliant scrummager and a brilliant all-black and a brilliant crusader. And when you've got experience like that on, uh, and I think he's the most capped super rugby player of all time, and, and that sort of experience and in, in your pack, you know that the scrum's going to go all right against, against a, a pretty tough South African pack and... And uh, the the penalty there, the heads popped out out of the lines, and you knew that the Crusaders were going to get that against the feed. So, um, all all credit to to, to Crockett there, and yeah, and let's hope he's uh, okay. He had blurred vision towards the end, which is why he had to go go off. But uh, let's let's say let's hope nothing's he comes. He, he's he's all right from that one. Talking about a couple of the players, uh, Cronk says that uh, the Lions winger. Um, Madosh Tambi was targeted and he was definitely targeted at the restarts whereas a lot of teams will kick to the left side to restart but clearly the Crusaders recognised that he was a, a potential liability uh, on the restarts and aimed and they kicked right into uh, 
um, Madosh uh, Tambi, and so he made two mistakes in that first half on restarts. As as Kong says, let's hope he learns and builds on that, because with ball in hand, he was much better than the, than he was under the uh, under the high ball. Five runs for um, sixty seven meters, and I say he also picked up the try. He always looked good in those in the, between the tram lines uh, on the wing there. Yeah, he played well, and he deserved his try. Um, I thought, um, yeah, the restarts he looked a bit uncomfortable with, but he'll get there. And, and I think, I think if there's a positive light tonight, it's contributions like he made, and and I think Yankti's tried, and I know the scrum half tried as hard as he could, and I think no, Max was he poor. Did. Oh, you thought Monks was poor. I was going to say I thought Monks had a uh, whilst he missed uh, the, the the tackle for the for the try uh, when you've got a winger against a, a, a against a hooker that kind of thing can happen. Uh, Monks was one of the so he made ten tackles. Um, Moster, I thought Marks and Mostert were the two guys who stood out in that uh, in that in that pack. Uh, yeah, Marks with ten tackles, missing two. Mostert with twelve tackles. They both put a shift in defensively. Uh, topping the, the tackle counts, and also on the attack, Mostert. I mean, he had that big run in the first half off that quick take in twenty-two, but still he made sixty-two meters. Uh, Marks got through a chunk of work with seven carries as well. The two of them, the most carries and the most tackles. I say both guys who put a, put in a shift for the Lions. Just thought from a set piece aspect, Marks made a couple of mistakes tonight, which um, the Crusaders got the, got the midfield ball out of, but. Yeah, the, whilst the, the, the stats say the line-out went well, uh, they, apparently they won 12 out of 12 line-outs, it wasn't clean ball, you're right. Yeah. And it was one of the comments that the that the coach from the Lions made at half-time that they needed to sort their line-outs out, they needed to get clean ball, and that was hit and miss as to whether they were going to get clean ball uh, from their line-outs. So even though the Crusaders, it says they lost three line-outs, so they got one 10 out of 13, they there wasn't a big difference between the two sets. They both both struggled a little bit at line out time. The other players, I think, yeah, time to play, call out some players now. Um, any players you want to call out yourself? I'd like to give a well. I've probably give the shout out to Jack Goodhue. I thought he was dynamic in his sixty minutes out there, and yep. and certainly. Um, from my perspective, um, I, I'm not sure who's who's playing um, scrum half for the Lions. So the Lions scrum half was Smith this weekend. Um, Smith, I thought he tried his guts out. Um, he was in everything. Um, I can't fault the effort. So, so they'd be my probably two players of the the game for me. Um, it's a big call, I know, but uh, I was really, you know, Jack Goodhue, mate, he will play against France. He's not just an all-black in the making. I think he's got a foot in the door. Uh, well, very impressed. Very he has, impressed. He has been playing very well, but he's also got to get past uh, some, I'd say, Crockett and uh, Sonny Bill Williams, who are the, who are the incumbents, uh, and we'll see how that goes. But... Let's just run through I, the other players. When we've talked about the backs of the Crusaders, in particular about Tamanavalu, um, 
Mattielli, Goodhue, etc. What we haven't talked about is their forward so much. Matt Todd got in there and made a whole a good bunch of turnovers, made a total mess of the Lions breakdown, especially in that first half, and was one of the reasons why the Lions just couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, Todd's Todd's a superstar. Um and he's done the apprenticeship um the very good apprenticeship of learning uh, under Richie McCaw. And so one champion um, replaces another. We, we uh, say apprenticeship, he's 30. He's, 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 a, he's a veteran of the side. In many ways, I think, and in many respects. But I thought um, that guy gets through a bunch of work each week. And, um, you know, I certainly think his teammates owe him a beer or two. For, for all the turnovers he gets through and all the hard work he does on the pitch. I thought he played pretty well out there. I oh, did today. Ten tackles, none missed. But uh, one person made more tackles than him, uh, and that was Sam Whitelock, who got through 13 tackles with no misses. He was also a, 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 a big player for them tonight in that pack, uh, especially as he also got through quite a lot of carrying work as well, 12 carries. He only made seven metres, so he didn't really go very far, but at least but he put, was putting his body on the line Couple of players we probably should, I'm going to say call out now because some of the defending, especially in that first half, was pretty poor. The the Crusaders lost missed a lot of tackles in that first half, and they were below fifty percent at one point. Ala Alatoa, maybe good propping, but he only made fifty percent of his tackles, made three, missed three. Um, and Hall and Hunt uh, both missed two each as well. Hunt had a lot of traffic though, making seven tackles, so he he did uh, he was actually the top tackler in the backs, but he did still miss a couple. So. Uh, it's not surprising that quite a bit of traffic went down his line. Oh, that's right, down his channel in, in that. For the Lions, though, um, I know there was some chat that uh, that Smith um, hasn't really been playing so uh, back back to his best. Obviously, red carded during the final last year. Off with the sevens, just hasn't really had a break. And, and we saw it tonight. I think he wasn't up to his best. Um, six tackles, but he missed four as well. So there's... Perhaps some players they need to learn how to look after themselves a bit more, have proper off seasons. Yeah, uh, and I think a lot of um, South African players have been over with the blitz box, which um, and and playing other um, in other avenues overseas, which um, may or may not help them. And and I know that there's a lot of loan deals being done with some of the um, South African sides playing in the Pro 14. So fatigue and managing those sides are going to be, you know, one of those sort of things where you've got to use your depth. And that's where teams like, well, well, the New Zealand franchises have that in abundance where the South Africans don't. Yep. And we've got to say now that uh, the Crusaders have got that win. It helps because they've, Obviously, they've had a mixed bag at home. Uh, well, they've lost their two away games at home, so they really needed their first away win. You got to say that sets up them very well uh, going forwards because they've got the Haguares next weekend from memory, which you'd imagine is a game that they will win. Um, I'm planning to do yeah live post match analysis, live post match reaction to that one next weekend. So yeah, if you want to, uh, it'll be sort of brunch time, uh, Australia New Zealand time. So yes, jo- join me over brunch. Uh, for, for, for for recap of that one. Yeah. From the Lions' point of view, though, that's now four poor performances or four poor results on the trot. This performance was much better. But losing to the Blues, 
beating the Somals only by two points, losing to the Hanky Warriors, and now losing to the Crusaders at home as well. That's There's got to be alarm bells ringing in, uh, in, in the Lions camp. Well, as we discussed on Monday night, Paul, I remember saying that the wheels look like they're starting to fall off a little bit compared to where they were with Ackerman, who was a disciplinarian, and he had the side playing um, the rugby that he wanted. And I think that they're missing him. Um, they're certainly probably missing a few players that followed Ackerman to, I think it was Gloucester for memory. Yeah, he's got Ackerman's middle philosophy, took his son with him. But apart from that, I think most of the players have, have stayed. Mm. But we, they, they are missing their captain. Oh, I've gone blank, the number eight. I want to say Whitelock, but of course it's not. Um, Whiteley, uh, I think it is. Warren uh, Whiteley. Warren Whiteley, that's it. Um, their number eight. Cronier as well. Who's sorry? Cronier at halfback, I think. Uh, and well. Cronier at halfback. So they're missing their eight, nine axis, which, which is key for them. Uh, and Warren is a big uh, is, is a big leader of that team, so they are missing him, which is uh, which is a big loss. But yes, you're right. There's definitely question marks over the coaching staff and how they can motivate this team, because this is the the slump that they need to get through. It was a much better performance tonight, but um, the uh, Whiteley, Creel, um, Soxan, Combrink, Ancron, yep, those are all the. Uh, Conk, thank you for that in the live chat um, of all the players they're missing. So they are missing key players, but you've got to say the Crusaders are also missing key players uh, in the starting All Blacks props and Kieran Reid, for example, uh, and Richard Moanga as well. So all teams are missing players, and it's up to the coaches to be able to lift the team um, from that. And I think that's the big question mark around the Lions for this season. Yeah, it is. And... Um... Certainly the Stormers will um, be kicking themselves for not winning last night and, or at least getting a bonus point out of the Bulls game because that's going to influence some of the results coming forward in the South African Conference if the Lions continue losing games. So it'll be up to the other sides to start picking picking up their results. Um, it's going very to be good. an interesting conference. Very good point. And in... Uh, well, well, that, that, today because it is Sunday now. Oh, sorry, it's Monday now. But uh, 8 p.m. New Zealand time, I will be doing a review of the whole weekend. And I think yes, getting the tables out is probably now that we're into round seven is probably about due due time. So Herman and I will be having a chat about that. Uh, so we'll definitely get the table out because, as you say, those three losses for the Lions have definitely opened up the Africa Conference and can or try and get or try and make a prediction as to who will make take advantage of that. We'll have to see. Any final points? No, Paul, I think that'll, that'll suit. I think we've covered them all. Thank you so much for joining me, Shane, at short notice. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you on. And uh, um, I guess the last thing to say is to everyone, enjoy whatever rugby you're watching, folks. Oh, sorry. Shane, how can people chat to you during the week actually, about rugby? Yep. At Schoolermate, S-C-O-O-L-M-8 on Twitter. Come talk to me about what you want to talk about. Cool. And obviously, at Driving Wall uh, uh, is taking hold of me or comments down below. Always up for that as well. Uh, should, uh, yeah, finish off spill. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Give the old thumbs up. And uh, my latest video is just there. Cheers. Enjoy whatever you're watching. <laughs>